and I guess my my closing point on this is just calm the hell down, everyone. Yeah. It's he's not supposed to be a cuddly teddy bear. Well, I mean, what you, what you do in your bedroom is your business, Charles. Okay? By your lonesome. Uh. <laughs> These days, the comic book owns pop culture. Literature, movies, television, even music. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. Hey, Travis. Yeah. Travis. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to see my new Naked Comics? Yeah. <laughs> You're a pervert. Shut up. Hey, welcome to Breaking the Panel, where I don't have clever openings like Brian Ibbett does, so we do stupid stuff like that. Oh, so as you heard, along with me, I'm Rock God of Podcast, and Charles McFall. we got Klotz over there in the background, face palming as hard as he can. Oh, very hard. Yeah. Knock myself <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, and then we have Travis Jones, otherwise known as You're Fired, Chris. <laughs> we should lock down that url you're fired krista yeah. oh uh, no in all seriousness i missed the crap out of chris wisdom because he does a lot more around here than i ever really realized and and he brings a lot of content to the table uh as far as like headlines and those kind of things so uh, hey there don't hey there me i was muting you sorry so we do have a voicemail today, as you just heard me. Yeah, we also have some Twitter stuff to take care of. I don't. We don't have any new emails, but we do have lots of great headlines. So first off, before we get started, we still are nominated for a podcast award. Breaking the panel has been nominated in the category of entertainment, and we're definitely very excited. I know. I know everybody's voting. Your Travis is talking about voting. He says, I even got my wife voting. And then Chris Wisdom has his wife. My wife says I have to get on her laptop and do it for her. So I do, but it's not the same. But if you go and vote once a day, you still have through June 12th at about 9 p.m. Eastern, I think it is, because it's, it's an odd time to end it, but I think it's set to Pacific time since the founder is in Hawaii, which kind of makes sense. But anyway, you have through June 12th to keep voting once a day, every day. Vote for all the shows you like. I've been voting for some like What a Relief podcast. Uh, I definitely have been voting for Gizwiz because I don't want to hear Todd mess that one up again. I'm just saying. It was that very, very full frontal nerdity, if you will. <laughs> it was not, not safe for work. So I vote for that show. Uh, but vote for us in entertainment, breaking the panel, and from the Hello Carrier in gaming. So we'll get that out of the way. <laughs> Klotz, I, I saw this this poster uh, controversy. I actually saw a reply to it. Why don't you go ahead and start talking about the X-Men apocalypse poster? Well, I'm going to drag my soapbox out for this topic. Um, oh. So the, the internet has been ablaze this past week over the controversy about the X-Men apocalypse uh billboards that went up around the country and i don't think this billboard appeared any place overseas or anything but essentially it's the uh the pivotal scene towards the end of the film where mystique confronts apocalypse and he has you know lifted her up by her neck and is like kind of choking her and some feminists have uh taken great disdain towards this advertisement claiming that this is uh you know, advocating, you know, abusing women or, uh, you know, basically just treating women poorly and stuff. And so uh, the Internet's been ablaze because, you know, everybody's got got their own opinion, got their own stance. Uh, everybody's got some skin in the game, I guess. And uh, so, you know, first I just wanted to kind of go around and see what you guys thought of this advertisement. And then, uh, then I'll chime in with what I thought. Well, so I did not get to see the honest advertisement, right? I didn't get to see the billboard or the poster just in the wild. So I, what I got was the instant controversy. And if somebody made a meme, and I cannot think of what the response was. I remember the words, but I wish – I can't remember which bad guy it had, but I had somebody from a Marvel film. And it showed the top of it. It showed the poster uh, with Apocalypse you know, choking out uh, Psylocke. This, uh, or Mystique, rather. Sorry, it's Mystique. And 
it, it shows that, and then it says whoever the character is, maybe it's Deadpool or somebody. It's like seriously, I killed X amount of people and did this and this and this and that, and you're worried about a chokehold? <laughs> kind of pointing right. out. I guess their point was the the hypocrisy and the controversy, but I can see whereas if you don't really know what they're trying to convey. Which apparently they were the the advertisers were trying to convey the severe evilness of Apocalypse, how big bad he was, not in a good way. Uh, They didn't really realize they were, I guess, sending a message that it's okay to choke women. Although I don't think that was what they were saying. But anyway, Travis, what do you got? Uh, I mean, I mean, I've seen the movie uh, like you, Paul. um, And there's a, I mean, there's a reason that he's choking her, but I guess. It being in a billboard advertising the movie, uh, I guess it sends the wrong message. I'm really the wrong guy to ask about this. I just it, it, it shit infuriates me uh, when I when I hear about stuff like this. And then you know you've got Rose McGowan, who I mean she's done some pretty some pretty racy movies, and no one came down on her for you know over sexualizing women or anything like that. And oh, she's done some weird stuff. To, you know, what's that? Rose McGowan has done some weird stuff. Yeah, she's done some weird stuff. Which you she, know, she's done some burlesque and stuff like that. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's. Well, I, I wouldn't was, say burlesque. Weird. I'm talking about like she was dating Marilyn Manson for a while, and then she yeah, was, no, I know. What, well, what, what I'm saying things. though is that she's obviously explored like sexually explicit content in her exactly. work, exactly, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but Not at all. I mean. You know, the the same – I guess what you're getting at there, Travis, and I'm going to jump in here, um, is the same camp that kind of takes issue to this kind of thing is the same camp that kind of says that Hollywood and media are always over-sexualizing women and and this, right. that, and the other thing, and it, which is absolutely true to, to a degree. You know what I mean? I mean right. there's a time and a place for these things. Um, I don't think that's what's happening here. Obviously, this is – I mean, see, so for me, I, I think the whole thing is ridiculous. Because it's, it's something very similar actually happened in Magic the Gathering a few years ago. There was uh, in Magic the the last you know six or seven years or so, maybe a little bit longer. They've really focused on a set of characters that are called Planeswalkers that are like rather than just having settings and all this stuff when they do a set, they're focusing on these characters and these characters are persistent from world to world that they go to when they release new stuff and. So they've really built the brand up around them. And there was a showdown between a female necromancer character and the kind of like a barbarian, like berserker type guy. And there were two cards that were printed in this one set. And one shows him choke holding her because they're fighting each other. And the other one shows her like completely dominating him with magic right afterwards. And there was a bunch of controversy for the exact same reason. It was the chokehold, saying that it was, you know oppressive to women and but and the arguments came up at that point that i i agree with was like these are powerful characters these aren't like you know average joe and jill that walk down the street and then joe just turns and starts choking out the you know the the woman that uh, clearly that's like with no context is really wrong but these are super powered beings that are fighting you know to try to decide the fate of the world um and in both the magic context, the, talking about that prior example, and also in this film. I mean, that scene is from the culmination of the film. It's the final epic showdown. Right, right. So, like, to to think that the big bad villain is going to, you know, have kid gloves. And towards- not choke a woman. Well, I don't. Okay, so what I'm finding in the news, we, got, we have to define the topic. Yeah. Right? What's the controversy? It seems like the controversy is over the poster right. having no context and not the actual scene. In well, the movie. yeah. And so, yes and no. I mean, there's a little well, bit. Well, I've seen some other stuff as I'm researching while you're talking. I've seen people go, oh, you know, female heroes can't get hit. No, they've been fighting females for 50 years. Like, from what I can understand, and, and I'm reading Rose McGowan's quotes, and it's stupid. And she yeah. she yeah. used it. I think she personally used this as a platform to get herself back in the news. Is what oh, this I, feels like. I agree completely. However, if you are a woman and took offense at the poster just out in the wild with no context, I don't. I mean, I I don't ever want to condone violence on women against women, right? And I, I don't think Fox did either. But I'm looking at this poster, and it's just a geek in me. 
I look at it. It took me for, for honestly, it took me for probably too long to figure out why this was controversial because I didn't even register he was choking her. I just see a, a scene, yet another scene from the movie up on the thing promoting. I, the first words I saw were the the only the strong will survive. It took me forever to figure out. Oh, you're mad because he's choking her. But then beyond that, how do you infer a message that Fox is trying to say condones violence against women when you have a big blue dude in a metal suit who's obviously alien and a big blue chick fully <laughs> make up doubt right is it a chick i mean honestly if you just look at the poster is it a girl you know i i'm not mad at people for going oh i'm not mad at people reacting saying you know when violence against women is a problem i am a little bit perturbed that this is a controversy because rose mcgowan is running her mouth it's like, it, it, there's nothing. How do you get that from this poster? How do you get that Fox is condoning? And that's what I'm picking at, the word condoning yeah. violence. Well, it's very clear that he, this is illustrating that Apocalypse is the villain, you know? Yeah. I mean, that there's nothing ambiguous about that scene. Right. He's a bad dude. Like, there's no, you know what I mean? If, if they had done something similar with Fifty Shades of Grey and him having a tie around her neck, do you think people will women like Rose McGowan would have been upset? Well, I mean, women were, uh, people in general, I shouldn't just say women, were upset about Fifty Shades of Grey getting made into a film anyways. I mean, there are lots of All the women I heard liked the idea. (laughs) See, well, there are, uh, there's a lot of controversy about that film and, and those books because, you know, the relationship illustrated in that book is not a healthy one. You know, it's not he's manipulative in a in a basically borderline or definitely over the border into abusive. And it, there's nothing like good about it. You know what I mean? It's not it right. doesn't and it, it doesn't portray a certain lifestyle of people who are into like BDSM relationships and experiences accurately because that community is very much built on trust and, you know, on establishing boundaries and having, you know, none of that is present in the narrative of that. I haven't seen the film, but I, I've seen it synopsized. Um, so, yeah, no, there was controversy about that film and stuff. Um, but there, there's really not a sexual connotation of this film in, in regards to the scene, it, certainly. Um, and, you know, and some other people have shot back. Um, they show there were scenes from... Um, Deadpool, for example, there's a meme going around Facebook with the the billboard poster. Then they show Deadpool when Angel Dust is choking uh, Weasel, and then when she's choking Colossus, and like, uh, yeah, I mean, and so you know, the point being that you know, it's not like it doesn't go both ways. Similarly, in this Apocalypse film, Psylocke chokes Beast with her psychic whip at one point. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, so it. I think, like, f- I understand why we wouldn't want to condone violence against women or just, you know, unreasonable violence against anybody really is my stance on it. Um, obviously, people shouldn't go around just choking other people in public or anything like that. That's Yeah, absurd. we just do that in private. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you, what you do in your bedroom is your business, Charles. Okay? <laughs> By your lonesome. Uh. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, in any case, so I, I wanted to bring this out and talk about it a little bit, see what you guys thought. Um, and I guess my my closing point on this is just calm the hell down, everyone. Yeah, it's this sure. is a superhero movie with a supervillain doing bad stuff. He's not supposed to be a cuddly teddy bear, you know. Yeah, it, I, I mean, well, this is I did, mo- I did like Fox's uh, I did like Fox's apology because they said in our enthusiasm to show the villainy mm-hmm. of the character Apocalypse, we didn't immediately recognize the upsetting connotation yeah. of the image in print form. You know, and then yeah. they quickly we see we we realize how insensitive it is, and we quickly took actions to you know uh, remove those materials. I thought that was pretty good. Like they're like, look, yeah. you know, it just exactly to your point, Clots. They. He's the bad guy. We're showing how bad he is. It's mm-hmm. not. It's okay to choke your wife. I mean, who who looks at that poster <laughs> and goes home and smacks yeah, their wife fact, around? You know what I mean? Come on. The fact that you use your own wife as an example might be problematic, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, my, I, I'm mystique in that poster. <laughs> my wife is apocalypse. <laughs> trust me. 
<laughs> okay, okay. All right. So, I mean, well, I, I, and we're going to roll into another controversy. And we're going to talk about how we held, handled it and, and some of the pushback from that. We, we are um, very clearly building up to this topic that we're going to explore once Chris gets back. <laughs> um, and I will get, yeah. And I, I will give, I will give this statement full credibility. There's no context in the ad. And I'll, I'll get with that. And actually, there's something else that, in the bottom part of this article from the one I found on the Hollywood reporter, it get, you have to get way down towards almost the end of the article for them to say something about the violence. And that is something that I can agree with. Not that I'm opposed to violence. Obviously Deadpool's my favorite movies ever. I I'm very, I'm okay with violence. I've taught my kids how to understand it, how to view it and how to use it and when to use it if necessary. And when it's absolutely unnecessary to use it. So I'd rather teach my kids and worry about them watching a movie. However, there's not a ton of ads. And I'm sure the second I say this when we post this show that we're going to get a lot of Twitters and emails and Facebook posts about, really, here's a poster, here's a poster. But I can't off the top of my head recall a ton of graphically, if you want to call that this, that, graphically violent promotions on posters for movies. And that's where I could say, okay, you know, I get that. Some people don't want their kids seeing violence like that. I can give you that. But I honestly, I still don't see it, man. I still don't see it. And call me a, a heterosexual male as a derogatory thing, whatever. But I'm looking at it going, I usually can see both sides of the story. And I see this big mutated freaking Papa Smurf mofo in armor with destructed cities around him. And another blue person who could be a, that could be a male elf. I mean, there is no gender specific anything to, I mean, we know who she is, right? We know it's Mystique. We know it's Jennifer Lawrence. We know it's, but I think if you, if you want to just look at this thing, I'll give you the violence. It is very graphic in the violence or the sexuality, depending on how they played the scene. Cause this has no context. I get that. But as far as violence against women specifically, I think it's a stretch that you're you're taking it there versus going, hey guys, maybe you should rethink putting. A, I would say that to any movie, maybe you should rethink putting a chokehold on your main poster. That might not be. I understand what you're going for, but that didn't. If yeah. I was an executive at an advertising firm and this came across my desk, I'd be like, "This looks really cool. We can't. We can't use this." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they'd be like, "Why?" Exactly. And I'd be like, "Be." It, <laughs> No, put this away. Destroy this. Destroy all evidence that this ever existed. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel you there, Charles. It's it is you know, but it, on the other hand, it is suggestive too. You know, it's like it suggests the violence of what's going on in the film, not necessarily showing it. It's not like it's not like a scene where somebody's like yeah. stabbing somebody else or something like something very obviously violent. It's, it's all implied. It's very like theater esque in a way, you know I mean? That, that whole scene, right. it, it tells so much of the story. It, and I think that's what they were going for. I think that, you know, whoever yeah, was creatively behind this was like, okay, we're going to demonstrate that this is the struggle against this really powerful character. I mean, as comic fans, we're like, well, yeah, I mean, Mystique's cool and all, but it's not. She's not like super strength or anything. So why is she like that close to, you know, a yeah. super omnipotent being like that? But uh, yeah, anyways. So I just wanted to bring it up and see what everybody thought, and just say, hey, uh, if you're listening, come the hell down. It'll be okay. <laughs> um, I think Deadpool missed a great opportunity to to promote here. Because, you know, the DVD and Blu-ray is still out. You know, they're still pushing it. Obviously, it's more money, more money. And I haven't bought mine yet, so they need to keep reminding me. Uh, but they could have totally done some kind of ad that had him kind of you know, censor it in some way and have him doing his little, oh, my God, face with his hands to his mask going, even I didn't do that with my promotions. <laughs> you know, call it out. Because that's what he does, right? He, he kind of calls things out. I'm just saying. Yeah. They could have built off of this. Um, cause you know, even Deadpool didn't use that kind of poster to promote all kind of other things, but not that, uh, now there's one thing I read about it that I say you're nitpicking when they say, um, uh, Jennifer McCleary seals sells is the director of gender violence rights for the international center of research on women. That's a lot to say in one title. I was going <laughs> to use a different phrase, but I did not want to come off as sexist. Uh, I, I'm shocked. 
Yeah, I can't even come up with an acronym for that. Anyway, she goes, where do we draw the line? They morph into humans. Most of their interactions are similar to what humans would have. That fantasy life can involve violence against women, and that shows how normalized it is. Talking about this poster, uh, the argument that it shouldn't be offensive, blah, 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 because mutants doesn't hold any water. Uh, where does she say it? Uh, or maybe it wasn't her that said it. If somebody else, Basically, the point I'm getting at, somebody said, maybe it's Rose McGowan, somebody said... Uh, what if it was uh, a heterosexual male choking out a, a homosexual male? What if it was a white man and a black man? It's like, okay, I'll, the white man, black man choking out. What if it's a black man choking out the white man? Would there be the same controversy? I'm saying controversy can be controversy and wrong can be wrong. But when he, when they said the thing about heterosexual male choking out a homosexual male, I'm like, okay, now you totally lost me. How the hell am I supposed to tell if you're gay or straight by looking at a poster? Right, right, right. That's right. a whole. That's the whole thing about acceptance. That's the Unless whole thing about. I was about- choking Chris, and then we would all know who the homosexual. <laughs> 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 not even about that, man. Both of you are a little. Oh, uh, you know, wow. We accept you. We accept you for who you are, Travis. On a crazy Off train. Well, well that okay. was my point is when when you start saying somebody looks a certain way, and, and what if it was that? It's like, no, come on. Now, now you're obviously trying. And so to me, your argument holds no you, water. You bring me to a great point, Charles. Is not the goal uh, of like gender equality to achieve equality, right? That we we want to right. look at everybody and treat everybody equally, regardless of their gender, their or- sexual orientation, their race, their religion, you name it. That's the goal of civil rights and social rights. You know what I mean? So why do we, for some reason, just look past violence in general? Like, you know, normal violence, you know, soldiers killing soldiers, super villains and heroes killing thing, you know, whoever is fine. But it's not okay if you check one of these boxes on our list of things that we don't want. Like, if the goal is to achieve true equality, should we not transcend our, like initial reaction to that kind of thing is it okay for this billboard to show this villain choking anyone or is it any you know less of a controversy I got you. Yeah. when it's a villain someone who's clearly bad someone we're obviously setting up as a not good person or being or whatever is that not the nature of evil like we we show evil characters doing evil things right Right. So what's yeah. what's the issue? I mean, it's- it, it kind of brings me to uh, the the not to go back to Deadpool again, but the scene in Deadpool where he's uh, threw that woman into the wall and then he's pulling his gun out. He's like, I don't know if it's sexist for me to shoot you. Is it sexist for me not to shoot you? <laughs> not right. you know, and it's you know, yeah. he ends up shooting her, of course. But it's kind of like right. right, you know, what what, do you, what is the right answer there? You know. Right. And to your point, so, Paul, I don't know what the answer is. And that that's I like to to put the pin in it there because that's a great place to end that conversation is we don't know what the answer is. But we agree that that we agree one, if we were the marketing directors, that any choking of anybody coming across the desk we're like, hey, no, it's a striking scene in the film, but you can't put that out on Fifth Street. That ain't gonna work. And then we we agree that we accept people for they are. So why is it upsetting that it's a villain doing bad things to a woman you know it's not sexualized i don't know so and we also agree we don't have the answer so if you have comments you would love to throw on this we have speak pipe at giantsizeteamup.com forward slash breaking the panel there's a tab there please leave a, a message we have one to play tonight and or you can us up of course on btp at giantsizeteamup.com of course it's breaking the panel btp at giantsizeteamup.com. We'd love to read what you have to say, which actually reminds me I need to to clean out that. Uh, we got a lot of spam in that box. I need to clean that out. Uh, so that kind of rolls into a whole another controversy from last week that we covered. And you're on Captain America number two. And this is great. Travis, you've been reading the books. Klotz, yes. you've been reading the Reddits. So ding, 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 let's go. Uh, well, a basic introduction of the topic is just that uh, uh, news has come out that Captain America number two is the largest pre-reorder uh, of any comic book currently. I, be- I don't know if it's ever. I doubt it's ever. But it's definitely uh, 
needless to say that comic shops are and newsstands are already you know planning to order more as soon as possible in anticipation of this book selling well um my point of bringing this to the table was that it kind of ties into our previous two weeks of conversations where we talked about the initial controversy of the Hydra, big re- Hydra reveal and everything. Mm-hmm. And then last week we talked about how, you know, the issue number one had sold out. And I guess I'm just continuing it more because, uh, yeah, I mean, my point is, I guess it worked. Like, I mean, whether it was a gimmick at its heart or not, it's successful. You know, if if the newsstands and comic shops are reordering in such numbers again, then clearly uh, whatever direction they took here is is going to have financial success. So, uh, yeah, what do you think, Travis? I, I mean, you know, we did talk about this at length last last time, and, and I, I, I what I was shocked by the outcry of, of, you know, I mean, there was video, I'm sure you've seen them guys where they were uh, lighting the book on fire. And I heard about it, but no. I haven't seen a comic book garner this type of reaction, and I don't know how long. And when I read the story, for one, I was massively disappointed uh, with, with the ending of the story, but I was just kind of like, okay, uh, Marvel is not going to destroy one of its top heroes by making him a sleeper hydra agent for, you know, 75 years. I mean, they're just, they're not going to do that. So obviously this is, you know, going to come back around somehow. Um, so I, I didn't even look at it like everybody was. I mean, and I'm a, I'm a, you can ask Charles, I'm a huge Captain America fan. I mean, he's my favorite, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. favorite character. So I was just a little disappointed how the story w- was going but I, I knew they would do something to it. But, you know, it's DC has been doing it for months. Uh, their marketing strategies, uh, you know, DC was doing a similar thing where they were bringing out all these issues in, in bags. Okay, they were what they call pre-bagged comic books. It had three different variant covers in it. Okay, you didn't mm-hmm. know what variant cover was in the bag. So if you wanted a specific variant cover... You had to buy all three, and you might get three of the same thing. Do you see what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, it sucks. And and they DC has continued to do that, and just not kind of the same vein of, of, of marketing strategies. You know, DC's rebirth is really hot right now. Um, it's, it's fantastic. I reviewed uh, Rebirth number one last week. It is one of the best single-issue comic books I've read in years. It's amazing. Somebody that's never read a comic book before can pick that comic book up and absolutely love it, know what's going on, and be thirsty for more. I feel like it's almost the perfect book. Now, what DC's done is is they've limited comic shops' uh, orders. So I went to the comic book shop today. Today's Wednesday. I went, and I got there around 3.30, and he was sold out of everything. Like, people were coming in going, hey, where are the number ones for Wonder Woman? Where are the number ones for Flash? And he's like, they're gone. That I got all I could get, and they're gone. Wow. So, you know, what they're going to do is, is now the demand has went through the roof for these number ones. And, right. of course, they're going to come with a second printing, a third printing, a fourth printing. Do you see what I'm saying? So, right. you know, the or next they re- won't to make it more valuable. Right, right. yeah, right, right, right. Well, in the in the you know, we, as a comic book collector, the second printing's never worth as much as the first printing, obviously. Okay. Um, but they are they will do a second printing because they know there's people out there that want want to read the book. Uh, I just so happened to have an in with my comic shop guy, and he held no, all the number ones for nice. me because he knew I would nice. want them. So I was like, he waited. Everybody left to show me though because I didn't. He didn't want me to get mobbed. <laughs> you, you know, you know what that's called, Travis. It's called developing a relationship. There you go. That's buddy. how these things work. Is yep. You don't really have an end. It's not because you know you're a superhero by night or you're because you're a firefighter <laughs> or because you could probably bench press the crap out of him. It's because I'm sure you've sat up there and just like you do on your show and just like you do here, you've discussed things passionately. And he's discussing y'all developed a friendship and a relationship, and oh, that's yeah. what people do. They take care of people who take care of them, and and that's maybe yeah, something that other people can learn to develop at comic shops. But you know, I, I, I just, just I hate, the story. I hate these gimmicks. 
you know these games yeah are, i agree kind of shots, they're just they're they're terrible and to, to your point paul yeah it's but it but as long as they work they'll continue to do them that's that's the problem i mean i don't know how to appeal to our tiny little fan base and spread this concept out to the rest of the world but stop buying into the gimmicks people stop it right you're the right. problem like i like you know because it's like one of those things like rebirth i mentioned last week i went out to pick up dc rebirth and my local shop was sold out and he's like yeah i don't know when i'm gonna see more you know what i mean he's like i'm not sure if they're gonna be second run or not either and i went out to buy rebirth because i read it and then i was like i want to own this because i was really blown away by it i thought it was a powerful book you know a very powerful book a powerful issue um, I thought it was a great, you know, starting point for me getting back into the DC universe. Yes. That yes. that book earned my business and, you know, will inspire me to buy, you know, some of these books as they come out in the coming mm-hmm. months. Not because of a gimmick, but because the book itself sold me. I, I read the first issue and I was like, this is fantastic. I want to own this. That is what should be driving sales. You writing good stories. I mean, by all means, get the word out. You know, put it out there. Do what you have to do to to get people enticed. But stop it with the gimmicks, man. Like you, yeah. th- this is what destroyed this, almost destroyed this industry in the '90s. You know, exactly. Exactly. The the exactly. variant cover, limited runs. You know, shenanigans just for shenanigans' sake. Like that doesn't. It's not good for the. You know, the whole. The whole thing, well, you know. And I remember, and you, you guys probably do too. I remember Image comic books. I remember Image comic books when they released, like all the top talent, artist wise, I should say, artist wise from Marvel left to form their own creator owned uh, properties, and they formed mm-hmm. Image Comics. You know, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, all these guys. And I remember being so excited. And they did that very same thing, Paul. They come out with all these variant issues, these pre-bagged issues, six, seven, eight uh, foil embossed covers of the number ones. And it was awful. The stories were crap because none of these guys, they were super artists, but none of them could write to save their life. And it was a, it just, I'll never forget that being just a huge gimmick that failed. I'll always love like that those early you know that first year or two of images comics like the the look and feel of it um, mm-hmm. because it, it, it's so evocative of the '90s you know what I mean it'll always be like that was a yeah, snapshot right. of a certain era you know what I mean and it was yes. really great to see these artists go out there and kind of like try to do their own thing and kind of like and, you know seeing stuff like. Uh, like them building these new teams, these super teams and stuff and, and populating them with new characters. Mm-hmm. It was cool, but they kind of fell into the same trap that Marvel and DC had done with each other in the past. And that is a lot of those characters are just poor ports of Marvel or DC characters. Right. A lot of them, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it, that's what kind of sucked is like they didn't have the, the creative talent on the writing side to back up what right. they were trying to do artistically. <laughs> To, and to your to your point, it's content. It's yeah. it's like with anything else we do. It's like the podcasts we listen to, the TV shows we watch. We watch them because of the content, because they give us they give us awesome stories. They give us great characters. It's not about what the package that it comes in. It's you know yeah that may get us at first. It was just like this cat book. Um, you know, on the Blazing Defender Report, I've got a three issue rule. I really didn't like cap number one, uh, but I got to give it three issues. I started it, so I'll give it three issues. If they can't grab me and show, hey, this book is worth your $3.99 or $2.99 every week, or I'm sorry, every month that it comes out, then there's too much other good stuff out there for me to waste my money on a book that hasn't grabbed me in three issues. So, yeah, this is a it, it's a great uh, starting point, I guess, for me to be. OK, let's see. Let's see what we got going here. I'm going to give them a shot. But if they don't come through, it, it won't it won't be bought. Mm-hmm. Well, and I hope I, I, I'm financially I'm kind of glad the gimmick worked for Marvel because, you know, anything that keeps them going producing comics at least we know they won't be selling any more characters box anytime soon (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but i I agree gimmicks are a bad thing and i hope that the story 
really plays out well. Now, going back to DC Universe Rebirth, I just, for giggles, I went to Amazon to see what I could find. And you can get it, of course. Uh, it is on a bestseller forum. It's $2.99 for Kindle. And how much is it in the store, Klotz, for the hard copy? I believe it's, it's $2.99. Price. Yeah. 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 It's $10 on Amazon because they are sold out and people are reselling it through Amazon. It, which is so going to happen. You know, I mean, yeah. It, it's one thing if this kind of thing happens organically, you know, like if, if, an, if the first issue of something or a special issue of something sells out because it is special and it is worthwhile, that's one thing. But like if it's all just a gimmick that isn't contributing positively to the storylines or anything like that, because that's the thing about Rebirth is Rebirth is, I mean, I think I have seen very little criticism of Rebirth since it's hit. People seem, uh, you know, seem to be generally very pleased with the direction it's gone. And I mean, it's not to say that everybody's pleased. I'm sure there's criticism out there, but it's not all over the place like previous decisions have been. You know, it's not getting picked apart left and right like a lot of other things have. Um, right. So I well, mean, I mean, and I, you know, there, there's been some theory, you know, theory that uh, this whole cap decision was trying to steal some of the thunder from DC for their rebirth, but. Ultimately, it didn't because Rebirth is doing well, you know, at least so far. Yeah. Yeah. And if you didn't or don't find a copy, you might just want to wait or go on Amazon now. You can pre-order the DC Rebirth Omnibus, which goes out in December. Instead of $75, you can pre-order it now for $51.99, which is actually actually not too bad. Not a bad idea. No, because that's a hardback too, right? Hardback. Yep. It's a hardback. Yeah, those are nice. Collector edition. Yeah. And I mean, it's not just from what I can, from what I'm reading into the brief description on it, you're not just going to get Rebirth number one. You're going to get Superman, Batman, Justice League, Flat, all the stories. Right. You're getting all the intros. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or they're going to do other stuff along the Rebirth line and that'll be in it. Either way, you can, it's a hardback copy you can get in December. That that was another thing that DC kind of took some heat on is that their new distribution model is they're putting out two books a month for most of these big titles. Yeah. Um, so and and there's a you know there's is that a lot too of, much or too little. Well, that's the concern is people are worrying that it's too much. Um, okay. You know there there's some concern that well are you really taking the content of one issue and splitting it up over two or you know are, like are you shorting us content and selling it to us for more ultimately and I don't think that's going to be the case at least that's not the early sign. The early sign here is that they have a lot of story to tell. And they realize that if they constrain themselves to the old distribution model, that they're just not going to be able to get it all out there. And uh, that's probably a smart play. I mean, I don't think there's a comic fan out there that thinks that comics come out too fast. Right? You know, <laughs> right. I mean, there might be too many Well, your books. pocketbook might. Your bank right. account might. Well, but, yeah. you know, and that's the thing is there's – I think a lot of people probably have too many books that they want to follow, which is one of the things that makes, like, Marvel's um, – Marvel's app such a great service is that you don't have to with Marvel you know you don't have to buy every issue as it comes out for the books that you like but aren't like gung-ho about you can wait and you know six months down the road maybe a little longer they'll start showing up on Marvel Universe or or not Universe what I forget what it's called unlimited unlimited that's right yeah Yeah, I'm getting DC Universe mixed in (laughs) in my head Um, because DC absolutely needs some kind of distribution model like that DC god damn it Sorry, uh, I've heard. I'm trying to verify right now. I've heard that Comixology is supposed to have a subscription service, either coming or out. But I'm not seeing anything. I see an unlimited Comixology. Uh, there's an unlimited button. Let me see what what it does. I don't know uh, that it has the DC deal though. I don't. And um, I don't, maybe not. I don't think the it's, comics that they're promoting are 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 not DC. Those are Vertigo titles mostly. Right. I'm right. Seeing. right. Valiant, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, uh, Walking Dead. Which is great. I mean, you know, there absolutely should be a service for some of those, you know, more fringe books, some of those fringe publishing houses. Indie books. You know, the indie stuff. There's a 30-day free trial. I'll do it and report back. It'll be six bucks a month um, to explore thousands of digital comics. But I'll I'll do the 30-day free trial and let you know if DC's not in it. DC really needs to be a part of that. As does these others. I mean, I, I think it'd be great to be able to read Hellboy and Star Trek and Transformers and all that. But um, 
Now so, they yeah. do have a DC uh, Comics app that you can, you can use. Uh, right, but it's not. You still have to digitally buy each copy, right? And yes, then it's not yes. a, a it's not yeah. a subscription service. It's nothing like Unlimited. Yeah, uh, yeah. Marvel Unlimited, nothing like it. Just say I agree with everybody. DC. I, okay, so here's my theory on DC. They, as with most companies that are one to one competitors, uh, I think with DC try something new like Marvel. I'm not Marvel vs. Capcom. Like um, uh, Injustice, Gods Among Us. Uh, those kind of things. I think when they try something new, Marvel's like, mm, we're going to wait and see what happens. And then by the time they see successful, they're like, well, we can't do it now. We will be copycats. We have to find something different. And I saw that with Playdom's uh, Marvel Avengers Alliance on Facebook. I played it for a month when it came out. And it's like, where's DC's version? I want to play Batman like this. I want to. And DC never came out with it. And now we're on MAA2, that is for your uh, mobile devices. And DC still doesn't have a mobile game like this. And I realized in my theory is that is they waited to see if Marvel would fall flat on their face, if it would actually not only give them income from the game, but get more interest in the comics and the movies. And by the time they saw that it did, it was like, well, no, we can't do that because then we're just copying them and it won't be good. That's my theory. What do you guys think? Uh, well, I mean, we, we kind of talked about this when we were talking about the, uh, uh, Batman versus Superman movie when we were talking about, you know, I, as a fan, I, you guys may think differently, but as a fan, I don't care. I'll never say, oh my God, I we're agree. copying Marvel. I just right. want it to be good. And and like you, Charles, I would love to have uh, an Avengers Alliance game with DC characters. I think that yeah. would just be, that would be phenomenal. Justice uh, League Unlimited. Yeah, there you go. I mean, who wouldn't download that? I mean, if it was the, if it looked the exact same, I way, know. I, one to I mean, one. I know. Yeah. I would play so, the crap I mean, out as of it. As a fan, I would never, I would never accuse them of just following Marvel's model. I just, I just want my content to be good. That's all I want. That's yeah. all I care about. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so along the lines of Captain America, getting back to that, we're talking about uh, the two, number two issue getting reorders. Last week, we brought up the subject of the hashtag give Cap a boyfriend. And uh. we said our things and we kind of disagreed a little bit on some of the finer points, but that's not why I brought it up. I brought it up for us to discuss the Twitter response that we got, which is very interesting. You can follow us at Panel Breakers is the official Twitter of Breaking the Panel. Of course, if you go on Twitter and search Breaking the Panel, you'll actually find two, because uh, Paul had set one up and I didn't realize it. But the one that's active currently is at Panel Breakers. Uh, and we get uh, Chris uh, wrote us. Um, is it What's protocol for reading a Twitter? Should I read their at handle? Is that protocol? Sure. Yeah. Okay. At S-T-O-K-I-T-H, Stokith. S-T-O-K-I-T-H says... Uh, kind of disappointed in you guys this week. Leave my hero alone and get your own is a quote he put in here. One, they're everyone's heroes. Two, funny. <laughs> but uh, I, he goes on to say that Bobby Drake, or no, he's saying funny that Bobby Drake was brought up as established, considered like a year ago, people were saying the same thing about comics, Iceman. And I thought that when, I think, Paul, you mentioned something about Iceman being established or Bobby B Drake being established. and But they did make him gain an alternate universe and there was a controversy um yeah but he kind of the all new x-men version of bobby is yeah but that i Which mean that whole event took a lot of controversy too part partly because of how it was established because they really yeah. butchered it like they had they had gene gray out him and which, yeah. which was yeah. really like by reading it by reading his mind, right? Yeah. Well just yeah by reading his mind and then just saying it out loud and basically like yeah. telling him and so, like, a lot of folks were really upset about that, considering it, like, one of the ultimate violations, you know what I mean? Right. right. It was pretty bad. That's a, you know, getting outed is a pretty big deal in that community mm -hmm. for understandable reasons, you know? So, and it's something that somebody should do on their own terms. And, you know, if they are conflicted about their orientation or still trying to figure themselves out, like, they, it's something that should happen on their own terms. Um, he wasn't, I mean, but that was... 
at the time, there were two major controversies that came up. There was the one, like, why are you taking an established character and doing it? Well, right. that's kind of hand-waved by the fact that, well, this is an alternate version. And, you know, after everything gets shaken up, when we come out of that event, then this is a new character, essentially, with the same name and everything. But uh, So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's you can make the argument. Uh, but the other part of the, the controversy was the way it was done, um, which, which I yeah. agree, that was that was inappropriate. Which- Interesting little fact about breaking the panel is that controversy over Iceman being gay in the X-Men comics was the birth of breaking the panel because we did an episode on from the helicarrier where we spent 30 minutes going in depth about why it's okay to have established characters as being gay. And with, we addressed both controversies and we had, uh, Ellie on and actually that's where we met Travis because she said something about Josh Whedon sucked and he took umbrage to that (laughs) (laughs) I did and then you know now here we are doing a show so anyway uh, actually what uh, what, well I was going to get to his other point but go ahead but well I just want to say that it was my it was I'm the one that said leave our heroes alone get your own (laughs) yeah and so that actually he said when bigger issues his biggest issue was when it became this ours versus theirs thing and we talked about it I I agreed with him I was like wait 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 a minute Travis people do now now now, I said in the context that I said that in I was saying it to two gay buddies of mine, two very good friends of mine that are gay that happen to be nurses that were eating at an establishment over by me, and I walked over and said that to them. In a, in, I mean, they know me, and they knew I was kidding. I mean, I said I that a lot of things I say are jokes, guys. Anybody that's listening, like dude, you just verbally I'm, chucked I'm, out a woman on a poster. Come on, man. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It's context. It's context. Is all I'm saying. Um, that's all I want. To say. But but yeah yeah yeah. And and he uh, it, that's the kind of but that's the kind of discussions we want to have. I want you to be able to say things. I want you to truthfully go. I like Captain America. I think it would be a bad idea to make him gay and stand on that. We here at Breaking the Panel, we are here about discussions and letting people have their own opinions and discussing them and seeing if we change our minds, not trying to convert you to one way of thinking or another. So, Travis, I just want to reiterate, I'm glad that you said what you said. But and I'm glad that we got a Twitter about it and that somebody's tweets. listening. And they We're called tweets, damn it. Tweets. Don't make me say... Don't make me say the Colbert version. I will say the Colbert version and Michael bleep it out. So when, if it's a question, never mind. I won't say that. <laughs> Just go. But, Just <laughs> follow us on at Panel Breakers. And I want to say another thanks to at S-D-O-K-I-T-H Stokith is what I yeah. read that as. Uh, thanks for tweeting in about it. Yeah, that's very in, cool. Twittering. That's very cool. Uh, and and he, we had a little conversation. He was like, "No, no, no, uh, you know, I'm not arguing about people having an opinion. It was just it, he felt it. He felt it when it became this ours versus theirs thing. And uh, but here's the thing: go back and re-listen, especially after you hear us discuss it here. And I think you'll hear it a little differently. But he was all for the discussion and all for people having different opinions, and that was really cool. And I, I and thank you for writing in. And along that note, I don't know what the voicemail is because I like listening to that. I just make sure which show it's for because luckily our, our listeners are smart enough to, when they leave a voicemail, they say this is for breaking the panel or this is for uh, from the helicarrier or whatever else. So I just listened to find out that this is for this show and uh, we're going to play this voicemail and we'll respond to that as well. For breaking the panel, this is Stuart, otherwise known as Super Stewie on the game, talking about the... Uh, Captain America reveal. You know, here's the thing is that this kind of thing happens all the time. It's part of comic books. It's uh, yes, we get that reaction. And I guarantee you that was a part of the marketing ploy. But if you go back, I can remember when Jean Grey destroyed an entire planet. People were freaking out in, you know, in six months time, it'll be another character. So, you know, it's just part of the cycle that they do. And, Here's my thoughts on it. It's going to end up being a time travel gimmick because it looks like in the issue, someone travels back in time and convinces his mother to get him to join Hydra. So you guys keep the faith. Marvel ain't going to let us down. It's just a, just an interesting way to peak sales and peak interest. You guys take care. And I love the show. 
Thank you for that voicemail, Super Stewie. It's the end um, of the world. <laughs> and we know it. No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think we've covered it, but uh, I love hearing voicemails. I love that we got. I love that Captain America somehow got us the most interaction we've ever had on this show ever to this date. That's awesome. <laughs> so. So between his reveal and the the hashtag that people are making out there, you know, we got a lot of interaction. So obviously we're discussing what you want to hear, and we appreciate you letting us know that and putting your own opinions in as well. So we're going to move on to this Batman story. It's got to be so excited. How do you guys feel about Telltale, or I say it backwards, Telltale games? They're awesome. They're amazing. Right? The Walking Dead Telltale, Telltale game was amazing. Caught your, I actually own the Walking Dead one, and I haven't played it yet. But um, the general consensus is that they're great. Uh, the only thing about them is that you know they're they're kind of calling them in, a game is a little bit of they're kind of they're the video game version of a you know pick your page choose your adventure yeah choose your yeah. adventure um you you get to kind of like adjust it's like watching a movie or a tv show where you make the the important decisions at various points and things happen based on that yeah which it's is cool. interactive adventure really right yeah. um they have been they've been knocking it out of the park though there's there's a set of people yes. who really enjoy these games um especially when they get a, a an ip that has broad appeal um, mm-hmm. I think it's a great storytelling platform because, you know, the thing is the game has a lot of these games have a lot of replayability as well because there are so many divergent points. You know, there are so many points where you make a decision and it can kind of completely change what's going to happen that yes. you get to go back through and kind of see the other. I mean, there's lots of games with alternate endings, but the, you could almost this is alternate everything. Yeah, you could play this a lot of different ways and see different dialogue options. I mean, the main story itself is going to move in the same direction, but you'll see some some right. wildly different things. So, um, I'm excited to see yet another badass, you know, IP get attached to them and have them, you know, do something else incredible. Uh, you men- you mentioned you would play the Borderlands game, right? That was like this. I. I did not play the Borderlands one. I played uh, only because I, sometimes their games are a little overpriced depending on what platform they're on. And it was just, I didn't want to pay $5 per chapter at the time right. uh, because it, it is a shorter game. You can play straight through all the chapters within a matter of, of 10 to 12 hours, which I have a hard time paying you know, 20, 30 bucks for that. However, I mean, this in depth telling, I played. Walking Dead season one, I have 400 days, which is the in-between. It's not really season two, but it's like season 1.5 for Walking right. Dead that I played a few, a little bit of. I haven't finished that. Then I beat uh, as well. I played um, the one Fable Town. It's uh, Wolf Among Us. Mm-hmm. I played that. And oh, my God, man. It's just so good. The telling of the story. They don't pull punches, depending on the property, with uh, with with um Wolf Among Us, it's very adult. I can now say that in some fairy tale version of the story, I have seen the Little Mermaid naked, which is an odd thing to be able to say. That was in Wolf Among Us. Yep, that was in Wolf Among Us. Really? But it's not. See, it's not Disney at all, man. It's like it, it goes to the true roots of the Brothers Grimm and how dark their fables were, and and it's. It was a little weird to see this nakedness. It wasn't sexual at all. It really was supposed to be disturbing and dark. Um, it it awesome. was weird, but, but yeah, That's I mean, I like my nakedness. And <laughs> <laughs> disturbing and dark. <laughs> you already sold me. You already sold me. It's not a children's game, is what I'm saying. Uh, the Walking Dead is the same way. You deal with some very dark choices, some hard, impossible choices that you have to choose. You have to do something. Uh, love it. What's got me excited today is Batman is the newest property that they have. Awesome. And I'm very, very excited about this. Not much is known about it. Uh, they're hoping they hear more through E3, which is going on right now-ish. Uh, I can't remember if it's going on today, if it ended earlier this week or last week. It's it's right around this time frame that E3 is going on. But the game story will focus on Bruce and Batman, not an examination of the extended Bat family. The fans can certainly expect to see series staples such as Alfred Pennyworth, Vicki Vale, James Gordon, and Renee Montoya. 
Telltale is looking to keep the villains more tightly under wraps until closure to the, the premiere. It's, it's Man, you're going to be Batman, and you're going to be faced with his decisions, and then the game will play out as it uh, as it will based on your decisions. It's so I don't even understand the technology, right? Because you know the general story is going to have to move in a certain way. They have certain moments that they hit. But the way you get there, you can change scenes. You can change characters that are alive or dead. I mean, by choices you make. It'll tell you so many people kept Alfred alive and so many people kept uh, Bruce Wayne alive or whatever. So your choices affect how the game plays out in the end. I don't know how they are able to do this. So crazy. But finally on this, uh, like some other Telltale series, the game will be landing a mature 17 plus rating and the cinematic approach will feel more akin to an R rated film. So, which is, is the, and to me, the best way they tell stories is in that genre. So, uh, there is game of Thrones. If you're a fan of that, there's a borderlands. I want to say there was one other that I can't think of right now. There's been Um, a few. Yeah, they're they're starting to they're starting to do a lot like they're they've really kind of exploded. You know, these games have been pretty popular. So um. but they take their time. They don't just rush things out. They weren't even going to do a season two of Walking Dead, but the demand was so high for it. And even then, they really took their time putting together a new story that was an extension of the first. It's just this this is the Criterion Collection of a, an experience in a game. I, I agree with Klotz. It's kind of odd to call it a game because it's not really a game. It is a virtual experience to choose your own adventure. But to me, like the Criterion films are a little offbeat. They have something to them, but there's just something powerful about those movies. To me, this would be a Criterion Collection game, you know, based on the experience. I remember I was at the firehouse playing the, uh, the first one, the first uh, Walking Dead uh, mm-hmm. Telltale game. And I remember I finished it there. And man, I tell you, I got a little shook up. Like how it ends, it's it it bothered me. Yeah. And I remember I walked out of my room and the guys were like, Have you been crying? And I'm like, No. <laughs> Quit looking at me. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but I'm like, holy shit, maybe I did tear up a little bit. But it, it, those games are awesome. I love them. And it does affect you. It's like a really great book that you just read or a really great right, movie. Exactly. You just, I mean, it's, it affects you. It's really good that way. Uh, I'm going to skip this TV comic book one. We posted, a, we posted a new story to Breaking the Panel on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Breaking the Panel. Get figure. And we, we post stories and thoughts and it, in our own choose your own adventure stuff up there all the time. And uh, so there's a story on your TV shows that are based on comics or some that just can make a great comic, like supernatural, uh, those kind of things. The, sometimes the comics, of course, like daredevil are their own thing. And the TV show is its own thing. That's not the case here. Daredevil doesn't have one. I don't believe, but a lot of your other TV shows that you're missing, like Constantine and supernatural that are off now, you can go get the actual comics written off of the show. So it's the art's based off of the actors in the shows. It carries on the storylines. It'll be, it'll get you through the summer. Um, and that's about that. So go read it. See if you like it. But Travis, uh, actually, before we get you, Travis, uh, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. And we're back. So, Travis, <laughs> you have this story about Captain Marvel. What do you think? What do you want to say? What do you yeah. have? What do you have? What do you have? Uh, well, it looks like uh, Oscar winner Brie Larson is going to star as Captain Marvel. And it uh, looks like the Infinity War movie, the first one. I think, yeah. Expected to make her introduction in Avengers Infinity War. I think that's Yeah, cool. I mean, uh, at first I was like, who the hell is Brie Larson? And then someone said, oh, she was in 21 Jump Street. <laughs> and I was like, is who? And they told me who, and I obviously remembered her. But uh, then I was like, she's an Oscar winner? When the hell did that happen? <laughs> and for what? And then it was a movie that she did called The Room. Or no, it's just, it's just Room, about basically a kid that grows up in his room. Hmm. So I have not seen it, but I really kind of want to now. But I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I love Captain Marvel. Well, she, um, um, she did you see Scott Pilgrim, Travis? Yes, yes, I did. She was the yeah. uh, band member that was uh, Scott Pilgrim's ex. The uh, yes, the, yes, exactly. Yeah, she was excellent. She was fantastic in that. But she's she's uh, it's weird, man. Because my wife and I both were kind of going through her, her photos. 
and she looks so different all the time. It's it's yeah. like when I when I when she was in Scott Pilgrim, I was like, who was she in Scott Pilgrim? Then I pull up the picture, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, she was amazing. So she's uh she's really great. Um, I think I, I, Marvel doesn't miss casting. So even if I thought it sucked, I would never say it out loud because I'm just going to end up eating my words because they <laughs> they always nail it. But uh, Chris Evans is was he heard about it and he said that he would love to have her on board and in a Marvel picture because he said she's absolutely amazing and they work together on the Scott Pilgrim film. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. What do you guys think? I I think it's I'm looking at her her thing on IMDb, her resume, and she's got a lot of great shows and a lot of some yeah. good movies under her belt. Um I I when I first saw the announcement, and it's still a rumor, right? It's not been officially confirmed. It's not been officially announced yet. But when the rumors started right. coming out, I saw people photoshopping the the comic book current, well, not the current Marvel Now costume, but the full bodysuit, red, white, red, yellow, and blue outfit of Captain Marvel and Brie Larson's head on it. And the picture they chose to use, it made it look like the worst idea in the million years ever, yes, because it's I a know horrible exactly Photoshop. The picture you're talking yeah. about, and 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 just that look, and you know, you have to get your brain to go, wait, wait, wait. That's just a Photoshop thing. That's not how the movie director will have her look. That's not how you know any promotional people would have her look. It's just a thing because it just didn't work. It's got the Marvel. However, remembering how I have seen her, I've seen her Community. I saw her in Trainwreck. Uh, yeah. uh, of course, I did see her in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, she can change her look very easily, and she is a great actress. And I think it'd be a good idea to have her do it. I'm just wondering if she can pull off short hair. Because they don't mean, have to pull it off; they can actually just cut it now. They have the thing. Well, right. <laughs> 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 the, uh, on her own movie, magic. I think she could. I think she could because there's some pictures I see of her with her hair really pulled back tight. That you have yeah. to kind of look at what's sticking out around her profile to see that it's actually just pulled back and not cut short. Uh, yeah. I think I, th- I think she can easily pull off Captain Marvel. Absolutely. Any bro tears? Have Paul? we heard any bro tears across the web on this one? No. Good. No. I think everybody's pretty pretty pumped about it. Actually, I think most of us are just glad to see a casting to, or at least rumors of it. Absolutely. You know? Right. Well, and again, I think this shows that Marvel, Marvel goes after actors. I mean, they go after strong actors. They're not yeah, just going yes. after the face of the moment or whoever's hot. They they, they yeah, pick people no with Megan actors. Fox in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where? <laughs> There's not, I said. Oh, I thought you said there's still. I'm like, I'm racking no. my brain going, no, there's not. There's no, no Megan no, Fox. No, 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 that's the point. Like, I mean, not to say that Megan Fox it has zero talent, but she kind of plays Megan Fox in every movie. You know what I mean? So yeah, right. I agree with Travis. They, they cast people who have ranged. They cast people who have been in a good mix. Like, you know, some of these people have been in really successful movies, indie movies, Oscar winning. You know, I mean, when you look at the people that we have in the MCU, it's – it's kind of a who's who of at least this current generation of up and coming yeah. uh, actors. When Anthony Mackie was announced, I had no real idea who he was. Uh, when when and I now sh- he's one of my favorite actors, right? Like, to be honest, exactly. Like when I see him attached to something, I'm like, well, I want to see that now because he's great. You know, he's really charismatic and fun. Absolutely, and and the twins, uh, Wanda and and uh, Quicksilver. Uh, I'd never seen them, and I actually didn't realize it took forever for me to realize that Wanda's played by a baby Olsen, you know, Dolson twins' little sister. Right, right. Um, which then reminded me that I'd heard they'd cast an Olsen as the role. I'm like, the funny ah. thing, the funny thing about Quicksilver is he was the lead in Kickass, and yeah, that's he, him. Yeah, that's yeah, that's him. him. Wow. Okay, <laughs> yeah. changed the look, changed the accent. I did not recognize him at all. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other funny part is, I'm going to blow your mind here, Charles. Okay, his best, I'm ready. 
His best friend and kick-ass is the other Quicksilver in this. Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah. I saw that picture. Yeah, yeah. I saw that picture. But, yeah. I mean, isn't that funny that they do yeah. a, a movie about, like, real-life people imitating comic books and then both of the, like, then both the of them, two yep. buddies become the same character in two different universes? Crazy. Yeah. It is awesome. I don't no think way. you could plan that. Like, I mean, I think that no. is just one of those absurdities of the universe that just happens. <laughs> it is. Right. Or some casting director was like, we're gonna go with this guy just because it's really funny like <laughs> i mean we got two or three people that are really talented but this will be hilarious well you know story. that happens that's how uh chris pratt got to be star lord is uh james gunn said uh that he thought it'd be hilarious to cast a sitcom actor as an action hero mm-hmm. that's the quote and here we are he is now here an action hero uh, he he's now an action hero, absolutely, and he's really good at it. Uh, well, you know, and, and, and the, the, the further that story, um, the casting director, I, I can't remember her name, she's the one that wanted Pratt for Star-Lord, and Gunn didn't. Gunn oh, really? said, who the hell is that? And he goes, oh, that's the fat guy from Parks and Rec. No yeah. thanks. <laughs> so they were ha- really having trouble with finding a Star-Lord, and it was at the end of casting one day, and she goes, we've got one more. And he goes, well, who is it? And he's not on my list. And she goes, just seem. And when he walked in, uh, you know, Gunn looked at her like, oh, I know who this guy is. You snuck him in on me. And he goes, well, he just, I just went with it. And he said, so, Chris, do you, you have any questions about the movie, uh, about what you're, what you're speaking for, what you're auditioning for? And Pratt goes, hell yeah, I got some questions. I don't have a script. I don't know what you want me to do. I have no idea what I'm doing here. <laughs> and he looked, at the, he looked at the casting director and said, that's my Star-Lord. That's what Peter Quill would have said. Yeah, but nice. he, Chris Pratt was around 300 pounds at this time. And he said, look, man, I love you, but you're going to have to lose some weight. And we all see how that turned out. Yeah, so turned that's, out really yeah, that's story. a great story with Pratt. Yeah. Now, I thought I'd read the quote that maybe Tim Gunn later said it, maybe then. Uh, he said it later. Yes. Okay. So I thought it'd be funny to yeah. cast James uh, Gunn. Tim Gunn is. Uh, uh, Tim Gunn is the dresses guy. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I've been hanging out. I don't, I don't know that Tim Gunn had any input in the casting of Star Wars. You know, I mean, I, he might have. He might have. He might have. Uh, but, you know, I've been missing Chris Wisdom, so I've been watching the Tim Gunn shows just to get my dose of wisdom. So that's where I get it mixed up. All right, we're out of here. So for Paul Klotz, for Travis Jones, and for myself, we're here to say be funny, be real, maybe you'll get the job. But you have to lose some weight when you do. Damn it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team-Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Giant Size Team-Up.